Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. Here we talk all things food freedom, fitness, and life transformation. It's your host, Alicia Carlson, and it is great to be back here with you again this week. I am enjoying a little bit of a break from the rainy, cold winter weather here in Oregon. Yesterday, we actually had some big, beautiful snowflakes, which definitely made it feel like winter and just about a week before Christmas. But if I can share something with you, this really is the only time of year that I like to see the snow, that I like to have the snow falling, at least in town. It can always be up in the mountains, um, but here where I have to live and drive around, not a huge fan of the snow, definitely much more of a warm weather kind of gal, if you know what I mean. Today, I wanted to talk to you about your weight. Now, there is no shortage of information out there telling you how to lose weight, um, in some cases, how to gain weight um, in kind of a healthy manner or a healthy way. Um, all these different theories kind of swirling out around there about uh, how you should be able to lose weight, you should be able to weigh whatever you want to weigh, all these different ideas about what contributes to our weight. And I wanted to just kind of break that down for you a little bit from my non-diet approach, that non-diet perspective. Now, first and foremost, I think it's important to just kind of address the elephant in the room that there are lots of different factors that actually end up contributing to your weight. Some of them are completely within your control and you definitely have the power to affect those things. Some of those things, however, are maybe not so directly in your control. The first thing that really comes to mind is kind of your genetics, right? So it's like if you look at the people in your family on both sides, mom and dad's side, men and women in your family, you can kind of probably see a little bit of where your body gets the way that it looks, right? It's like when I look at myself and I look at my mom and even my grandma, very clearly my body is kind of made the way that theirs are, right? A little bit smaller on top, bigger hips, thicker thighs, those kinds of things. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that my day-to-day -day choices, my lifestyle choices, don't have some effect or some impact on the way that my body ultimately looks, right? Just like the way that my grandma or my mom or, you know, any of the other men or women in my family, their lifestyle choices do, in fact, impact the way that their bodies ultimately end up looking and, to some extent, even what we weigh. Now, I think it's important to kind of break down our weight and just kind of talk about this again, because I think it's something that we so often forget, especially when we are hopping on the scale. Your weight is comprised of many different things, right? It's your bone, it's your blood, it's the weight of your organs, the weight of your muscle mass, um, it's the weight of the adipose tissue, the fat tissue. Um, what else is it? Uh, there's interstitial fluid. So there's, you know, liquid kind of inside your body, um, inside of the blood, really, I guess that's the, the plasma. I'm not really super keen on all of that um, biology, but ultimately your weight is not just your fat level, right? There are so many different things that go into our weights that I think sometimes when we're hopping on the scale from a day-to-day -day basis or when we get on the scale at the doctor's office, we kind of forget that our weight really is kind of a combination of all these different things. And likewise, it's impacted and affected by a number of things as well. Again, that could be your genes, your genetics. It could be, um, you know, related to hormones. It could be related to sleep, to your lifestyle choices and factors. And then there's also this concept called your set point theory, which essentially means that there's kind of this weight range that your body is going to just sort of naturally kind of gravitate towards and thrive in and flourish in and that it's going to be 
kind of always working to sort of maintain a steady weight within that range. Now, the tricky part with the set point theory is that we don't actually know what that is. And to my knowledge, there's not really even a way to determine that. So this idea that there is this ideal weight for your body, I don't completely disagree with that, but I do kind of question and push back a little bit the idea that the chart at the doctor's office knows exactly what a healthy ideal weight is for your particular body. Now, I've shared this a little bit before. It's been a long time ago, but I essentially dieted for about 10 years and ironically ended up back at the same weight that I was when I first started dieting. The difference is, is that I have a lot more muscle mass. I'm sure my bones are a lot denser because of the resistance training that I do. And my body really looks different than it did back then. I certainly am taking care of it a lot of a different way than I was back then, um, being more mindful, more aware of what I'm eating, you know, aiming for that real whole food a majority of the time, exercising, getting more sleep, drinking less. So there are so many things that I have changed about my life, but ironically, my body is still kind of at that same weight that it was that I remember stepping on the scale and first kind of being like, oh my gosh, I have to do something about this. I have to lose this weight. And so I went on that journey over 10 years of losing the weight and slowly kind of gaining it back or creeping back up. Now, that's not to say that my my weight is like totally stuck here forever, but this is a weight that my body kind of likes to be at. I feel pretty good, you know, in my skin, in my clothes, I'm active, I can do all the things that I want to do in my life. And so I have to kind of pause and ask myself, is the number on the scale something for me to worry about or something for me to think about? Or do I instead continue to focus on those day-to-day actions, those day-to-day habits, and just kind of trust that my body is going to figure the, the that biology part out, right? And it's important to recognize too that I recently had blood panels done. I had my hormones looked at. So I know that everything inside is working well and it's healthy. So for me, it's like really all the drama just comes down to what I think about the number and whether or not I think it should actually be less than it is. And that's kind of that mindset work, that emotional work to kind of get to and to start exploring. Now for you, you might be in a different situation. Maybe you know that there are some changes to your lifestyle habits or choices that you can make differently. Um, Maybe you think that things going, you know, things hormonally aren't exactly working well. I would advise you if you're not exactly sure kind of where your baseline is at to go and get a blood panel done. Maybe go have your hormones checked to see if things are working as they should on the inside. And then also kind of start to look at maybe changing some of those lifestyle factors or those behaviors or those habits or those patterns. And then anything else is kind of left up to you to decide, right? It's like it's cleaning up that mental, that emotional mess around the number that you see on the scale and really determining, like, do you actually have to lose weight in order for you to get healthier? Do you actually have to lose weight in order for you to feel better about yourself Or is it doing that mental and emotional work coupled with changing the lifestyle habits and factors, and then you can just kind of let the weight go. I remember coaching a client on this a few months ago, and it really was just kind of this idea of like, can you get to a place where the number that you see on the scale literally doesn't impact you any more than 
um, the, the number on the thermometer, right? Like whatever the weather is outside. Now, of course, you might be living somewhere where it is extremely cold right now, and you might have all sorts of thoughts about the, the number that you are seeing for the weather, but you're not necessarily making that mean anything about you as a person, about your value, about your worth. Um, about your, you know, your sense of belonging. And we seem to just be so entangled with that when it comes to our weight. So some things to kind of consider is that your weight is essentially kind of a symptom, if you will, for a variety of factors. Your genetics, like we talked about, uh, your hormones, your lifestyle habits and choices, and the set point theory. So some of those things you can manipulate, you can control, you can work on, the genetics, maybe not so much the set point theory um, or that set point weight or weight range. Potentially, you know, there's different ideas out there. Some people think that your set point is your set point and you can't change it. I think it's a little bit more dynamic than that in the sense that we know that our weight definitely wants to go up and stay up a lot easier than it wants to go down and stay down, meaning our body is much more happy or it's much easier for us to gain the weight and to keep the weight on than it is for us to lose the weight and keep the weight off. There's different reasons for this, but one of the main reasons essentially is that our body is always looking at survival. So we it doesn't necessarily distinguish between intentional calorie restriction or you know restricting food and things like that when you're dieting on purpose versus if you were in a period of famine or starvation so your body once it gets the signal like once you start reducing your calories and oftentimes i see it's way too extreme right it's like when people want to lose weight they go on these restricted diets where they're eating, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, maybe even 1500 calories a day, but then they're also exercising more, right? So it's like your body's just getting all of these signals that you're burning a ton of energy and there's not a lot of energy coming in. It actually starts to work the opposite way, meaning our body essentially revs the metabolism down. It slows all these processes down and initially you might lose some weight, but most often that initial weight is you know, in the form of water weight. So it's not even necessarily losing body fat. Um, it could be losing muscle mass. So you just want to be really mindful and really careful, I think, about how you approach that so that you're not, you know, shocking your body or, or making your body think that you're starving. And this is really where I kind of shy away from all of the calorie restriction, all of the macro counting. And it really is about learning how to hear what your body's telling you and then have the wisdom to really discern that and then be able to respond accordingly. But again, this comes back to us being able to really clean up kind of that mental and that emotional mess that we have or that messy relationship sometimes that we have with our weight, with food, with exercise, with our bodies, with ourselves, because as long as all of that stuff is kind of there in the background, it's kind of like static and we can't really behave with food or with exercise in a way that allows us to relax or to have it be effortless because we're so worried about losing weight, about not gaining weight. We're, you know, coming at it from kind of this fearful place. So those are just some things to keep in mind, especially as we're in the holiday season right now, 
January is right around the corner. People are going to be setting all sorts of weight loss goals, you know, figuring out what diet to go on, what workout program to do. And I just want to remind you that there are a lot of things that you can do to impact your health that don't necessarily equate to weight loss, right? Or you may not lose the weight or your body may not change the way that you think that it should, but that doesn't mean that you're not also improving your health in the process. So I really would advise if you're somebody that is living and dying by the scale or that number on the scale has a lot of, I don't want to say weight, but it has a big hold on your heart and and ultimately kind of what you're thinking about yourself. And you only dictate whether or not you're getting healthier based on what that number is doing. I just want to challenge you to start to think about health in a different way. Start to focus on the health promoting behaviors and habits that you can instill and sort of take the pressure off of yourself to have to lose a certain amount of pounds by a certain date and really focus on what we would call, you know, those inputs, right? Or those um, lead measures, essentially. It's like, what can you do to improve your health regardless of if that scale is budging or not? That's not to say that you couldn't have a weight loss goal or that maybe you your body in some way wouldn't improve from losing some weight. But I think so often we put the focus on treating the symptom, which is the weight or maybe weight gain, right? If you've gained weight in the last year and a half with COVID and working from home and not having a routine and all of these things, we want to immediately try to fix the symptom. But if you gained weight going through kind of this stressful situation, or maybe you went through a divorce, or you're having like a really tough time in your family, and the coping skills aren't quite there, maybe you're not sleeping well, um, you're not working out the way that you used to, or, you know, eating habits have changed. It's like, we can't just focus on losing the weight and changing the number on the scale without also addressing everything that sort of led to the weight gain, right? And so it's really just shifting, I think, the way that we perceive and look at our weight, but also shifting the focus away from merely treating the symptom, which is the weight for most people. We think that's the problem. We think that's the thing that we need to fix, but rather it's the symptom. It's the result of you know, maybe genetics, hormones, um, the, those lifestyle choices and behaviors and patterns and looking at, okay, of all of those things, what do you have control over? What is within your power to change and to work on and to um, not even fix, but just to work on and to be changing? And then what's not, right? It's like, let's move out of this idea of fixing the symptom, merely masking the symptom, when if there's emotional things happening or mental things happening that's kind of contributing to this weight gain, then we want to really address those things. And I see that obviously a lot when it comes to the stress eating or the emotional eating or um, you know when life is kind of flipped upside down and your routine changes. That's usually when people kind of go into sort of this scramble and the survival mode. And what I'm suggesting is that we we look at addressing those things in and of themselves and not necessarily just focusing on the number on the scale. So hopefully this gave you a little bit of perspective to see the number on the scale in a different light, to maybe shift even the focus of where you're really putting your time and your energy. You know, are we just fixating on this number and expecting or really putting pressure on ourselves to have to lose weight? Can we sort of shift that focus, shift that energy a little bit and really look at, okay, how am I currently coping with stress or when life gets crazy? Um, you know, are there things maybe happening 
in my body that I can't necessarily see. And that might be where going and getting the blood work done, having your hormones checked out could be beneficial. And then looking at your habits, looking at your routines, looking at the way that you are either managing stress or not managing stress, kind of cleaning up that mental mess, if you will, learning how to process emotions without turning to the alcohol or to the food or, you know, when when things get crazy, not shutting down and completely, you know, ditching the workouts or those healthy habits that you already have in place. So hopefully this helps you kind of going into the new year. Um, and definitely well beyond the new year as well as we just kind of look at, you know, maybe reflecting on this past year and then setting some new goals. It's always so exciting, you know, the start of a fresh year, it feels like a clean slate. Um, but I want to just encourage you not to wait until January. If there are some changes that you want to make, why not start on those now? And if that is something that you want to do and you want to learn more about working with me and my non-diet approach, then I want to invite you to reach out to me. You can either connect with me on social media I'll have all those links in the show notes below, or you can shoot me an email, alicia at aliciacarlson.com. I promise you changing the way that you think about food, you think about yourself, you think about your body and the number that you see on the scale, it really does open up so much for you. And I just want to see you walking in that fullness, walking in that freedom. There is no need to wait until January. So I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and I will be back here with you again real soon. Thanks for hanging out.